Welcome to Big Blend Radio with your hosts, Lisa and Nancy, editors of BigBlendMagazine.com. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Big Daily Blend and happy National Lover's Day. Everybody's got to be a lover somewhere. It is April 23rd, 2023, and we love our Big Daily Blend podcast because it really gives a glimpse of what is going on in the world, what's happened in the past on this day in history and pop culture history. We get to play music uh, on our playlist, so check out the show notes wherever you're listening to this, whether it's Spotify, YouTube, um, BigBlendRadio.com, iHeartRadio, wherever you're listening, Podbean, all of those places. Look in the show notes. You're going to have links from there to uh, playlists, music playlists on Spotify and YouTube. You'll have the recipe of the day, the puzzle of the day, the quote of the day, the park of the day, all kinds of cool things of the day because every day should be celebrated. And today we're very excited to have Joey Stuckey back on the show. Joey is awesome. He is an incredible musician. He is a composer, producer. Okay, Take a deep breath. Radio and TV personality, a music columnist, an educator, sound engineer, singer, songwriter, oh, blind guitarist, an award-winning one. And uh, also, he is known for being the music ambassador for Macon, Georgia, which is known as the southern rock capital of the world. Keep up with Joey. Go to joeystuckey.com. So welcome back, Joey. How are you? I'm well, my friend. It's always a pleasure to be in your company. You did forget one thing when you list all oh those uh, things. Yeah, I, I'm also sexy as Elvis with half the fat. Oh, check it out, everybody. <laughs> I'm talking Listen, about fat Elvis. He's, yeah. he's rocking it. He is rocking Nancy watched something about Elvis and his colon yesterday. Oh, um, my gosh. I, I know. But you must be really bored not- that day. I know. This is a good topic for a Sunday, right? Joey is here every fourth Sunday, and usually Nancy is here. Everybody knows Nancy, co-host, my mother, travel partner in crime, and right now she's doing a deadline on a magazine because we're about to travel off again. We're going east again, and you never know. We might knock on Joey's door and say, hey, Joey, what are you doing with that guitar in your hand? Absolutely. Last time you were through this area, I was in the UK, so we we couldn't visit. Dude, And I was very very sad about that. We were twirling around in the dark outside Macon going, we need a hotel room. We've got a hotel room. We're like, where's Joey? And literally, I get on my phone on Facebook, and there you are playing with the lady from Doctor Who. And I'm going, this That's is exactly some right. crazy stuff, right? So this is cool. <laughs> I love that. I love that. Um, I love that this show, we always look at what are the holidays. And I did not yeah. create these holidays, Joey. Um, I sent you a link to you did. this list of holidays. and. Did you, when you just kind of scanned over them, did you kind of go, who the hell makes these up? Like, it, did, I mean, yeah, you seriously. had to wonder. You had to wonder a little bit. But I mean, I, I, you know, as you said in the intro, every day should be celebrated. You know, and as, as a blind brain tumor survivor, that's something my mom and dad always sort of reinforced was like, every day should be a day. You should find something to celebrate. So I, I think it's fun. I think, yeah, I mean, it is a little bit mystifying at times. You're like, wow, I can't believe there's a day for this. But at the same time, it's pretty cool. It is a, a good day. I'm going to say today is Army Reserve's birthday. We cannot complain about that. Um, we've got to thank them for their service. Of it is National Email Day. Yeah, That's I get lots of those. Yeah. How do you do email? Like, um, do you talk into the computer or what no, happens well, so I, so I, Well, when I was about, well, okay, first of all, 
um, there was no one in my town, well, actually for 300 miles, that taught Braille. So I didn't learn Braille until I was about 12 or 13 years old. But when I was about seven, I did learn to touch type. Um, and it, that never was really particularly handy because uh, even though I knew where all the keys were and I could type, I couldn't, you know, read it back, right? I mean, so, you know, if I made a mistake, I didn't know, you know, that kind of thing. So that, that didn't really wasn't very helpful. Um, but later when I finally came into the, you know, 21st century around 2002, I got back into computers. I, I'd been in the computers around 1989, 80, 80 you know, 90, uh, but computers weren't like an integral part of our life back then. So anyway, I kind of forswore them because the speech software that reads the screen to the blind was called a screen reader was so primitive that it would crash all the time. And, you know, again, computers were integral, but then when I got into having to read emails and all that kind of stuff mm -hmm. and needing to have be on the computer for my business. Um, yeah. I, I, I basically type everything and just the screen reader uh, echoes what's on the screen, tells me what's on the screen. Now, when I'm on the road and using my cell phone, I have a hard time typing with my thumbs. If it's like a QWERTY keyboard, I got no problem. But typing with my thumbs, I I tend to dictate when I do that. Mm. So I need to learn to do that because my I tell everybody I'm sorry I've got fat fingers and <laughs> I should look and take that pause before I click send. And apparently, yeah, I don't know. My fingers think I'm perfect, and it's well just too late. You are and perfect I got as far as fingers. I'm concerned. Yeah, you're well, perfect as far you. as I'm concerned. But but let me let me just say this. Um, you know. The fact is, if people can understand the gist of what you have to say, ah, who cares if there's mistakes in it? Yeah. I was like, ah, and some, I like the mistakes. I think they're fun. Yeah. And especially hey, listen, auto credit rude words. <laughs> I hear, and it is also International Pixel Stain Techno Peasant Day. Come on, people. Whoa. I don't know what that I, means. I don't know. And um, I don't, I don't <laughs> know don't if I want to know. It's also <laughs> Impossible Astronaut Day. And that comes from Doctor Who. Doctor Who. Yeah. See? See, there you go. It is, oh my gosh, International Creator Day. Yeah. And uh, you have a song for that uh, that's going to be played. in everybody, again, the playlist is in the show notes. So wherever you're listening to the show, Acast, iHeartRadio, Google, you, you know, wherever. Amazon. Amazon, yep, everything. It's on, We're on everything. Just yeah. look in the show notes and the link is there or just go to bigblendradio.com. You'll find the show. The link is there. Um, but you came up with the song that we've played before, too, that you wanted us to do again. So uh, one song at a time. Tell us about that. So we, we all, you know, I, I think this is something that um, obviously means a lot to you to play. And yeah. um, I like the song personally. It's, it's one of my favorites of yours. Well, the reason that I thought about it for Creator's Day is this song is about my mission of leaving the world a better place than I found it, one person and one song at a time. And I do that by creating music. So it just seemed to fit. You know, it, it, it's about the act of creation to make things better. That's what the song's about. And so I think that creative you know, endeavors are so important. I think that artists act as historians philosophers uh you know seers in the sense of looking towards the future so yeah that's that's kind of the short answer to to, to the song you know why it's important 
I love it. And everyone, again, you can go to joeystuckey.com and connect with him on all the platforms he's in and actually buy music, by the way. Um, <laughs> can I say that? <laughs> and also yeah, follow absolutely. him when he performs as well. Um, but also, again, the song is in uh, the playlist here, too. You know, um, I'm just keep going through these 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 things. Today is in- international, in- international English Language Day. So speaking of that holiday, Bonjour. there's a link. In uh, the show notes, again, for our conversation with Glenn Burroughs, he is an amazing tour guide in England. He's on our show every third Saturday, teaching us about family history, England, everything. He is incredible. If you go to England, you must really go cool. He yeah, is cool. cool. You've, you've, you, yeah, you've been on the show with him. I have. And he's sweet as can be, but he did a show with Nancy and I and uh, Lee Brovadani, and she's from Canada. And lives in the States and goes back and forth and has lived in India and lived around the world. And um, she's on our show every third Thursday talking about trust. She is known as the trust architect. And she basically says, like, trust is a huge, it's the cornerstone of everything. Relationships, business, teamwork, um, you name it. So um, that's what we talk about. And How does she feel about the Ronald Reagan quote, trust but verify? Oh, I think I think she would go verify then trust. Um, yeah, I'll ask okay. her. I'll ask yeah. her. I will ask her. Hey, hey, Joey, email that yeah. to me. <laughs> I will. I will. I'll ask her. I'll do it I'll when ask we're her. done here. I'll, uh, I'll yeah. do it. No, no. I'll ask her on the next show. I will because she's fantastic. But and tell her Joey Stucky did... wants to know. Yeah, she, she'll. I don't want to answer for her. You know, no. that's that was Understood. rude. But if we did a show on the English language and it got like at the end of it, Glenn said he couldn't let his mother hear it because like we were, we Nancy and I have the the background of you know being American, but then mm. living in different countries, Kenya, England, South Africa, and South African gets really weird with the English language, and then she's got the Canadian background. Between us all, the English language got totally crazy, and um, yes, yeah, some <laughs> slang words got in there. Nice, and like there's certain things you don't say over there that you say here, and vice versa, like. Um, Maybe I shouldn't. It's a Sunday. I'll have the link in the show notes and you can go listen. We <laughs> talked about things like spotted dick, which is a, an amazing uh, dessert it's a meal. in England. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And and apparently everyone that goes there, Glenn says, takes home a bunch of spotted dick because yeah. people don't have it in this country. Yeah. Or they, if they do, it's not the English version. Or so if they anyway, do, it's, it's something they treat with ointment. That's right. That's what doctors are for. <laughs> <laughs> so it is also moving on movie theater day. Oh um, wow! I think this is fantastic. Now, you talk about TV shows and movies. So are you doing it audio wise? Right, that's how you take in the stories. Well, uh, yes. Yeah, so obviously, I can't see the screen, um, but that's why I like shows that are very dialogue driven. That are not, you know, uh, very you know. Uh, very visual right so car chases love scenes kind of boring uh for me um you know so i like things that are very dialogue driven um and you know nowadays they have uh more audio description than they used to i mean there's a lot of it out there now for the blind um mm. and i think that's very exciting and I'm, i love it but sometimes especially with broadway theater the audio descriptions get in the way of the actor's lines and stuff sometimes. So it's a very difficult thing to keep in sync with the film, TV show, play, whatever. It's very difficult to keep in sync, tell you what's going on, 
and not get in the way of the actors delivering their lines. So it's very tricky. And sometimes I love the audio descriptions and sometimes I don't. So, mm. um, but I, I'm so used to not having that as a resource because I grew up without that, that I tend not to use it, even though I'm in favor of it. I tend not to use it. I tend to just watch it with someone. And if I don't know what happened, I just lean over and whisper, hey, what just happened? Yeah, um, happened. You know, yeah, yeah. So, so I mean, but, but you know, I, I, I come from watching TV by myself a lot as a kid and a teenager and, you know, just kind of have to deal with the fact that there's things I'm not going to get. <laughs> you but you get to use your imagination. And I think that's the beauty yeah. of things like books, like, you know, because oh, books are my favorite because, yeah, there's no budgetary constraint with a book. You know, oh, that's a good point. That's a good you point. Know, I mean, I mean, when, editor. Well, I mean, yeah. like, well, I mean, yeah, I mean, but like if you if you think about like okay, there's certain things that can't be done or can't be done well because of, of, of the visual budget or the audio or the soundtrack budget or whatever. With a book, you don't have that. It's all in your mind. Mm. So if the author is yeah. good, you know, yeah. so books are by far my, my preferred uh, method. But again, I'm, you know, I'm, you know, I'm a, a huge UK fan. I would love to live there part time. Um, and, and that's why I love BBC productions so much, because they never have been about fancy schmancy graphics and and uh, and stuff like that. They've always been very dialogue driven. Not that there aren't action scenes and stuff like that. But, you know, 90 percent of the time that I watch a BBC. Yeah, it's character driven. Very, very exactly so. And, and you know, here glad, in the US, yeah. you know, I was glad you said that because we're going to um, it is movie theater day. And um, the first movie theater opened in New York City on this day called Coster and Beale's in uh, opens. It was called Coster and Beale's Music Hall in New York City. The first yeah. audience sat together to watch a movie on this day in 1896. Wow. Before this, people were doing it individually through kinetoscopes, those little thingies. And so now this was like the first big screen everyone gets together as an event. And then think about it, 1896 was a little while ago. And so what we have is, you know, Steve Schneikert, our Hollywood historian. You know Steve. Uh, Jay, sure. He's been on shows with you. Um, yeah. One of his Hollywood history podcasts here on Big Blend Radio is about the Hollywood history of cinema around the world. And that was what he was talking about. And the link to that podcast, again, is here in the show notes. And he talks about um, the magic that world cinema offers, and especially when you go overseas, that artistic value um, versus Hollywood commercialism, as he said right there, boom, in my face when I'm reading this. Um, and he talks about character driven, like in England. And so I want everyone to hear that. And um, Joey, I have a song for this, Ooh. which I think is interesting because it gets down to who are we, right? Um, this song is from one of my favorite bands, The Kinks. It's called Celluloid, Celluloid Heroes. Yeah, yes. it is. Well, you can't. I can't play it for you all. It's in the sound. It's it's in the show notes. I'm so used to always playing music for people, but uh, go go check it out in the show notes or look up your your favorite Kinks album. It's probably on there. So the Celluloid Heroes uh, from the Kinks. I think didn't Joan Jett also cover this? I think she did on some album I a compilation. Know. I but, love like, Joan Jett, she, but I'm she not. A, yeah, I don't know. She should anyway. Yeah, the Kinks I, are one. One of, what's one of your favorite? Like Celluloid Heroes, I think was one of the first songs I heard from them. Well, I have to say, like, uh, you really got me all day, all night. Uh, dedicated sure. follower of fashion. Uh, Stop your crying now. I mean, there's so many great. Uh, a Sunday Ducks. afternoon. Yeah. Ducks on the and, wall. And what about uh, speaking of film and television? 
Um, the the theme song to one of my favorite British comedies, Jam in Jerusalem, is also by the Kinks, um, and it's uh, uh, it's this. I, now I'm forgetting the title, but it's it's the song about um, about it, it mentions Jam in Jerusalem and God bless the Preservation Society. I think it's called Preservation Society. Um, so oh, yeah, yes. so, yeah, yes, yes. So uh, there's there's another film uh, television tie in for you. Oh wow, this is cool now. I, I love this because I think we're going to have a big theme of movies and TV today. Um, so we start with movies. Um, National Brian Day. I yes. love this. So I send this okay. to you. But you go, yes. Brian. Uh, Parony is Brian with a Y, but we there's Brian's with an I. And you bring up one of our favorites, um, The Life of Brian. Yes. And um, I can hear Nancy yelling from the background, stop picking your nose. Um, <laughs> the Monty Python yeah. Uh, so tell, yeah. So this is, I mean, I mean, well, you know, so so that's just the first Brian that that comes to my mind. Uh, I guess we could we could talk about uh, Brian May from Queen. Oh um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So there's there's another good Brian for you. Uh, you got you got uh, of course you got Brian Adams. So there's another good Brian. Uh, that all all good music there for you. But yeah, life of Brian. I mean, and what I thought about it was obviously it's a parable of the messianic tale. And uh, and so uh, I thought that'd be appropriate for National Brian Day. I mean, you can't I get much it. more exciting than than that. But I do love. I mean, Life of Brian is one of the classic films, and there is a theme song for Life of Brian. But I prefer the song they perform at the end when everybody's hanging on a cross, which is always "Look on the Bright Side of Life," which is written by Eric Idle. So that I thought that was there's there's you know a couple good Brian songs well, there, but. Uh, I, I love that. And always look on the bright side of life. You know, that was something when we lived in England was a big song and I didn't quite realize it until you sent it over and everyone, again, this is in the playlist and I went and looked it over and, and well, listen to it. Did you know it's uh, the unofficial football anthem for England and the United Kingdom? I did know that. Yep. I did know that. And the only reason I know that is because I've watched, I've read Eric Idle's uh, autobiography. So, oh. uh, and he just calls the song bright side. Um, so that's how he that's his short jargon for it. Uh, but yeah, I that's like how it. I knew that. Yeah. And I, that movie was hilarious. I mean, one of my one of my favorite lines is as much gold as I can eat. I mean, you know, it's just, just the silliest thing that you've ever seen. Um, and I, I think it's, if you haven't seen it and I can't imagine how that's possible. But if you haven't celebrate National Brian Day by watching on your favorite streaming service and or your old-fashioned Blu-ray or DVD player, The Life of mm -hmm. Brian. To me, it's the best Python movie, but that's just me. I dig it. Uh, the other thing, I, it's National Lost Dogs Awareness Day. This is important. Yeah. Um, you know, Nancy and I pet sit as we travel across the country full-time, and it's yeah. not for money. It is just the way we travel. We're digital nomads, and quite frankly, most of the time you get the best internet. We won't talk about the last few days recently. We will not. <laughs> but, but no, I mean, really, it, it is actually the coolest way. And we're animal lovers. We, you know, it's like, you know, when we go to a hotel or, you know, somewhere else and there's no animals, Nancy and I are like always feeling our legs for the cat that's rubbing, you know, <laughs> the dog that wants to play or what, you know. So it's yeah. very weird. And, and you know, because we're also used to sleeping with animals, but we won't talk about that on the show. It's Sunday. Um not. <laughs> oh, but come on! You should have you should have heard what happened the other day. But anyhow, but um, but no, lost animals. This is a big deal. Um, you know, as pet sitters, you know, if I walk the dog, then people are like, "You got to walk the dog here, there, and the other where." It's and it's like, 
okay, then you get a mean dog coming around the street. No dogs are real mean, but you know what I mean? It's like, there's drama, like walking the dog. I love walking dogs. I absolutely love it. My body needs it, but stuff happens. So you talk about your awareness level being on like the top, right? Because cars, people, and I watch people walking their dogs with their phone in their face. It's the stupidest thing. Oh, I know. And then the dog takes off because another dog chases and you didn't hold the leash or maybe you don't walk your dogs only. Just don't start me. Or the mm-hmm. dog sneaks out of the backyard because you think it's all fine, but it's really not. Um, there are chips. There are all these programs. You know, have your dogs, you know, a, a collar around with your phone number. I can't tell you. We've We've... I mean, we had a a dog come into a yard in Georgia, and this dog comes as sweet as could be. The dog, the cats were our indoor outdoor cats, freaked out, but of course they're going to. And the yeah. dog was sweet, sweet, sweet. But we're like, we don't know who you are. I called the lady. The lady didn't answer because she doesn't recognize my number, and it's a different area code than local, right? Right. right. So then, luckily, they at the house had a landline. I call. And all she did, she was across the street. All she had to do was whistle and the dog went running home. And it's a, you know, nice kind of suburbia, beaver cleaver neighborhood kind of thing, you know, so everything was safe, you know. But there are dogs that go missing all the time. And we've seen them. We've tried to rescue dogs on the road. And what do you do when you're traveling full time and you don't know where you are? And there's a dog just running on the side of the road. So please, people, when you get your pet's, have them take them to the vet get them id'd go to the humane society whoever does it in your town and make sure you have it because you never know what happens and in national all these natural disasters um it's good to crate train your animals because you know we don't want them to always be in a crate but that is becomes their like own bedroom that's their toys their blankie and everything if you go through a hurricane or a wildfire uh all the floods that are happening i mean come on tornadoes we can tell this country's going through some literal hell in regards to mm-hmm. uh disasters if your dogs yeah. are not tagged and uh, trained that way and something happens to you during this they're uh, they're at a loss and so anyway that's something just to do so i'm not trying to be on my little soapbox but i think i did my soapbox no i, I think i think you're absolutely right and i had but <laughs> just to show how old i am uh, i had before they had chips uh we always had a collar on our dog but uh she was actually stolen and um oh my gosh yeah, yeah like lady was, uh, gaga's dogs got stolen right yeah well i mean I, our dog was stolen she was a beautiful australian shepherd Aww. she got stolen we lost her for two weeks we thought okay she's gone she's dead we didn't know um, but she was a loyal companion and, and never would have run off on her own. Anyway, we, every, every morning, every night before we got, when we got up, when we went to bed, we'd go outside and call for her. And two weeks later, I just, I just wouldn't give up, even though I thought it was useless. And I called her and there she came with a rope around her neck and you could see where she had chewed through it to get loose. Um, but we had, a, we had a collar on her. So my only explanation is that obviously somebody stole the dog and tried to keep her. And dogs, you know, it's interesting. Like when we moved to Kenya, Nancy um, had a German Shepherd with Simba and young pup, but still like, don't mess with me. But um, a guy stole her and they came telling Nancy and here she goes. I mean, through the wilds of Kenya, like I'm not kidding. This is when (laughs) we were in Nairobi. 
lived in a, a neighborhood called Karen, which was named after Karen Blixen. And um, maybe people know her from writing the book Out of Africa, which became the movie with Robert right. Redford. But that was her neighborhood, which named after her because we actually lived on what was the tea plantation at the time. Huh. And so we actually lived in her servants' quarters. But anyway, but that became a house, you know, just anyway, it's a long story. So Simba gets stolen and animals will do that if their parents aren't around and are young or um, not used to anything bad happening. And somebody knows how to steal them. Sometimes they drug them and they stole mm -hmm. our dog. And Nancy goes out with a machete <laughs> through the backyard. No kidding. Through the field behind our houses. Find the, finds a guy that was beating Simba and Nancy's got a machete. And as soon as Simba saw Nancy, Simba went for his throat. Nice. And she was able to get Simba and no one messed with us ever again. They called her a witch. She's always been, you know, Maganga is a, um, a witch in the Swahili. Yeah. And they always would say she's a witch because she always kind of, she could talk to animals and it freaked people out. And, you know, anyway, they all started walking on the other side of the street. People I'm okay with that. Yeah. Yep. I mean, I think she's, I mean, it's like, but I don't think you can run around with a machete here and people understand, but she, yeah, don't yeah, mess with not. Nancy. No, don't <laughs> mess with Nancy. But on the other side of the coin, it is national lovers day. And oh, yeah. I think that is a good thing. I think um, oh, yeah. it's, sometimes human beings need a reminder of love, whether it's your lover, your husband, your wife, um, you know, but I think it's about remembering and rekindling. You're married, Joey. I think yeah. we can get busy, right? Is there is there an importance to things like date night and those oh, kinds gosh, of things? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, you know, so I, I've been married uh, 20 years this June. Wow. And you go. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so um, we we didn't meet till we were in our later 20s. Um, but um, my 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 wife and I met through a mutual friend. And technically, all my dates are blind, haha. But oh, uh, yes. this was a, here we this go. Was, this was a real blind date. So my, I actually told this this nice lady who was recording at my studio, and she was a nurse. And uh, she said, "I said to her, um, you know, uh, I got a thing for nurses. So if you set me up with a pretty nurse, I'll give you a studio discount." And I said it kind of tongue in cheek, but I also felt like her her name's Lee. And I, was, I felt like Lee was such a sweet, wonderful person that she must know someone sweet and wonderful. And I was right. And so a week later, I had my wife's phone number. The, we talked on the phone for the first time for 10 hours straight. Um, wow. And, and, and until her alarm went off and she had to go to work. And my wife's an advanced practice nurse and a midwife. So she had to go to work at like you know 630 in the morning. And we talked 10 hours. And then we... Uh, we I, we dated for a while now. When we met, I was in a wheelchair, uh, hmm. so I was in a wheelchair from a a, a hip issue. Um, my bones were kind of crumbly, and the people with my type of brain tumor can have joint issues later on in life, and I do. Um, so, but I was in a wheelchair, and um, we 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 met, and I knew we met in July, and I asked her to marry me in October, and then we got married the following June because I had to have surgery and this that and the other. So. Um, had you had you told me, uh, you know, you've known someone. Had you told me that you know you had uh, met someone and asked her three months later to marry you, I'd said that's crazy. But uh, it's clearly worked out. <laughs> I love it. I love that. That's a beautiful story. I mean, really, yeah, I, I mean, think we, you know. You well, we know do. when we you try connect. to. We, well, you do, and we we had you know we were older, 
Um, so we were, you know, 28 years old, something like that, you know, and uh, somewhere in that range. And um, we'd had a lot of experiences of what we didn't want to do. Right. And, and, mm-hmm. and, you know, did what we, what we didn't want out of a relationship, what we did want. And we had a, a really good conversation about what we thought marriage was and what it meant. And uh, so that we had the same expectation uh, of, of what a marriage was. So, um, you know, we do, we do try to have date night. We do try to make sure. And we now, now she's had to retire from uh, being a midwife um, because of, of uh, some health issues, but um, you know, we, now we travel and spend all of our time together. And I, I honestly, I'm just one of those people that I can spend all day with you and not get tired of you. I mean, I just, I don't, I don't mm-hmm. spend time around people that I get sick of. Now, some people need their quiet time and there's nothing wrong with that. Um, I'm just not one of those people. I'm content on my own or with somebody. I'm happy either way. So we, the, I'm saying all that to say that, I mean, I got married because I wanted to spend all my time with, with this person. Mm. Uh, and we do, we travel together and all this good stuff. So, um, and we don't, we never really argue. We've had, you know, uh, a few handful of discussions, but I wouldn't say we've had any like real bad arguments because we had such a clear understanding of what, who each other were from the beginning. Uh, but anyway, I wrote a, go ahead. I, I like, I, I think that there's a really important thing about having those discussions where sometimes it goes into this gaga, la la emotional thing, right? Uh, which yeah. is part of it, the love, right? And we're going to yeah, play, ain't it good to be in love? We're going to play that from you. But yeah. um, well, it's in our, in our playlist. I'm so used to playing it. <laughs> but anyway, it's like, hey, I'm used to like, let's go on stage and just perform it now. Um, yeah. But, but I think these conversations are so crucial because it's like, um, almost like in a company, you write a mission statement. Yes. And, you know, Nancy and I have to once in a while, people will come up and say, like, we actually have it printed on our, the back of our card, our, our company mission statement that we wrote when I was in my 20s. Like, you've got to think, like, we've been doing this together for 26 years in this country, not to mention what she started in South Africa. And so when we came together as a, as a team, we wrote this mission statement and we scratched it out. Start, it's like writing a song together, right? Oh, yeah. But it's your mission statement. It's beyond a mission. It's like, this is who we're about. And people come out once in a blue and they're like, oh, my gosh, I love your mission statement. And, you know, I wish more people thought like this and whatever it is, you know, and we forget. And like, sometimes we have to go back and go, let's go back to the drawing board, you know, because we'll get, Nancy and I can get easy derailed on things because we find absolutely everything interesting. It's so derailed is a bad word. It's the rabbit hole excitement. It's why we do this show. It's like, there's so much to learn about this world and I feel like we don't have enough time and I want to cram it all in. It's like eating yeah. a good cake, you I know? Um, so sometimes you have to like go back to it and make sure you're still living that mission and yeah. you can have all these new things come in your life, but as your core moral tree, your tree yeah. there. So I love what you're saying about the two of you having that conversation. Cause I think it's that, that, um, yeah. And, and you know, what's so, fa- what's, yeah, what's so strange to me is, is that's just how my first of all, that's just how my mind works. But, you know, it seems like it seems like really a really bad idea if you don't sit down and talk about what you got, what you want for the future. And of course, those things can change, but you need to have some core beliefs that are shared. I mean, you know, if, if, if she likes to watch, um, you know, uh, ER and I want to watch Star Trek, that's something we can get over. Um, but if she wants children and I don't, or is she uh, is highly spiritual and I'm not? I mean, those are problems. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And, you know? and children, 
um, even political parties at this point, right? So yeah. it's um, and it's something like, oh, are you willing to work through it? If it's not, if it's a deal breaker, it's a deal breaker, and it's not and a you, you might as well know that immediately. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've, you know, my my greatest love of in my lifetime. Um, oh, that's me. You know, it? it was a it was a deal breaker. Yeah, he, yeah. he you know, he's since passed, but um, yeah. it was a deal breaker over children, over just they're just certain musically we aligned, but we didn't align on other ways. You know, it Got just it. Um, Got it. yeah, and you couldn't, and yet we we could love and care about each other, and we're dear dear friends until the end. And right. um, I still talk to him. You know what I mean? It's like yeah. you can be good buddies. You know, but your song is "Ain't It Good to Be in Love," and this is through the Joey Stuckey Trail. Joey's got a lot of different names. We were talking about that the last time you were on the show, but um, <laughs> this is a good song. So. This was this was an album, right? That tell tell everybody about it. Yeah. So this song, well, okay. So I I did a version of this song with my good friend Charlie Hoskins, who's passed away, and I released mm. that as a as a single. But then the trio was on tour, and we were in Memphis, Tennessee, and I thought, well, boy, it would be fun to uh, record at Sun Studio in Memphis, Tennessee. And so uh, I've never recorded in a studio in my life. I've always had my own. Um, but I thought, wouldn't this be cool? Because they are using the same, basically the same everything they had from the late 50s, early 60s. Um, and so everybody's crammed in one room with just a handful of microphones. And and we just thought it would be fun. And so this song was a big part of our set. So my goal at the time was just to capture the trio as it was at that moment in time as sort of a postcard. But then I got back to the studio with it and I thought, gosh, this is pretty good. Actually, we should make this into a record. So the name of the album's in the shadow of the sun. And uh, it's got uh, Al, Al Chez, uh, who is a uh, famous trumpet player on it. He is uh, he's played on the late show with David Letterman for over 17 years. Um, he wow. uh, yeah, he's amazing. He played with Tower of Power. Oh, um, yeah. He's done a lot of neat stuff. So. I met him at the Grammys one year and we started talking, we became friends. And I was like, you got to play on my record. And he did. So there's some mighty fine trumpet playing on this. Uh, and then um, just uh, recently um, I am remaking this song yet again. Supposed to be the third iteration as a duet with another blind vocalist. And we're doing it as a, as a sort of a back and forth duet um, about ain't it good to be in love. And, and that also has my friend Julian Colbeck on keyboard who played with the band yes and some other bands like that oh, wow. and so uh so we're doing so that's coming out at some point this year god does win <laughs> well i know you'll let us know so everybody of uh go to the playlist and again go to joeystuckey.com the playlist again is linked in our show notes and um i you know i i want to say the the next holiday and i love the song i i love all your music nancy and i both are like big fans of your music because i, appreciate I think that. you don't um there's just such a reality to it and uh, grittiness, yet you just dynamics and a little bit of rock and blues, and I, you know, that's my my favorite thing is rock and blues being together. They're, and you are a mighty fine blues singer as well. I've, I've well, heard some, I've heard some good stuff. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, we won't we won't talk about that. <laughs> I was talk about being in a studio and being scared out of your wits. That would be that would be that recording you heard. I was scared, scared, scared. But well, that's my um, God makes cattle prods. Yeah, I you know, just, right? You just um, a little zap and you just get going. Oh boy, here we go. Here we go. Well, <laughs> right, I'm anyway. gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna tie into uh, National Lovers Day with today being National Picnic Day. 
Now, this uh-huh. is Nancy and I's favorite thing to do across the country, and that's part of why we do our Love Your Parks tour to document parks and public lands is, yes, to save the land and also to preserve history. Uh, because you can't ha- – nature and history go hand in hand. I don't care. You could take me anywhere, and I'll, I'll show you that both exist. I don't care if it's a building. I will show you something that connects it. And, um, nice. It is, I mean, it's, a, it's a, a reality, but picnics is actually how Nancy and I live. And the, even when we pet sit, we're looking at each other. Okay, now we got to do something in the kitchen. What the hell? Um, we forgot how to do all that. And people go, oh, and if you want to bake, and Nancy and I look at each other like, listen, we live on sandwiches and wine and coffee. That's it. <laughs> That's it. And pizza and pizza. You know, I love my avocados too. But um, the picnic day is a big deal. We have, uh, an, and in the show notes again, Ruth Milstein, she's on our show every third Sunday giving tips on cooking, especially for families. She did a whole article about tips on cooking uh, or preparing for a picnic. And a picnic is not always just going to national parks. You've got community parks. It's a day to get outside. And I think for couples, it's an amazing way to put your phone down, be outside, get some fresh air, enjoy the food, whatever you put in your picnic basket, you know, go to either someone local who can make something special or do it yourself, something special. What we love personally is to go into a park and have gotten like a sandwich locally, and maybe it's local wine or no wine, whatever it is, you know, something local to enjoy, maybe local fruit, you know, that kind of thing. So you can kind of enjoy the bounty, savor it and understand it and give homage to those who grow it and raise it and make it and prepare it and all that and get to understand a taste of the region, but also be in the natural elements. We do it in the mornings really early. We're always at sunrise when we travel across. Well, we're weird. Like, Seriously, we will be somewhere we are up between three, four in the morning to be somewhere at sunrise when everybody wakes up and you hear the dawn's chorus. Yes. And then you can see the deer come out and you hear them. And Joey, you know, it's, it's, you know, I know I do a lot of photography and filming and Nancy does all the video making, you know, and stuff, but you cannot, you, you're not always going to see what's there. And so there's, a lot that you know by smell and sound. You can hear certain bird species, but you may not even see them, but you know you experience them and you can hear them call back and forth. And so taking a picnic date is a huge, huge deal to us because it is about going outside. And when you take time, a lot of people go to a park and they walk through, jog through, which is good for physical stuff, right? Health and wellness. But if you just have a picnic and chill out, and relax, not be too noisy, the animals will start to surround you. The birds will come. The, you know, it's why people laugh at us about champagne hikes. We'll have our champagne in a park and hummingbirds come around. And you will know the hummingbirds there by hearing more than you will by seeing immediately because of their wings and they've got their sounds and they are attracted to it. So I'm just going to say, I'm not trying to tell people to go drink at a park. But I'm just saying they do come Aren't out. you really, though? I mean, you kind of are. I am, yeah. but it's you don't need to. <laughs> I don't want to. I'm not trying to push anybody into drinking. No, but I'm, I'm just kidding, saying. I'm you, it, I'm I think even if you have nice tea, it's going to happen because of the sugar in it. Um, the, oh, that's a good they point. Come, but it, they come, I'm, and once you're there long enough, and they see you relax, and you become part of the landscape that they're in, and they see you not acting around crazy or being loud and playing 
loud, loud music in a park that's serene with nature, the animals will start to go and it, you're developing trust. We're back on the trust conversation. Yeah. I love that. I, I love to get up um, in the morning and, and hear those birds and wake up with the birds. There's something really magical about the birth of a new day. Um, it just really is a special time. And I have to say some of the best dates I've ever been on have been picnics. Um, I mean, they're just, they're a beautiful way to spend some time. And, and we do exactly what, what you say. Sometimes we make our own food, uh, but oftentimes we'll go to a special mom and pop sandwich shop or, or something like that and, and get, you know, get something special that's unique to the area. And I think that's a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. And, and listen, like if you're in the South, some po' boys will go <laughs> a long way. Um, I, it's also National English Muffin Day. We love our English muffins oh or gosh. crumpets. Crumpets, yes, really. Absolutely. Yeah. And then it's National Cherry Cheesecake Day, which we love. But in the theme of picnics, it's picnic day, but it's also we're talking about movies today, too. So yeah. um, one of my favorite, favorite, most favorite songs in the whole world is the theme song from the movie Picnic. And actually, the, the, there's the original theme song and movie Picnic. And you can, Somewhere My Love and Moon Glow can be reversed. It's this weird thing that if you play them in reverse, they're actually the same song. I'm huh. going to get it wrong. But anyway, something weird about that. Um, someone's going to email me and say, you were wrong, it's this. But you'll get what I mean. There's something interesting in that. But the song Moon Glow, um, we used I've to play it I've played that song many times. Yeah, I've played Have it many times really? myself. Yeah, oh yeah. Oh my gosh, I'm so glad you like this song. Well, do you like it's it? Fantastic. I think it's a oh, beautiful yeah, I love song. It. Yeah, it's beautiful. It, the, dyma- di- the dynamics is incredibly crucial to this song. It's simple, but not. And it, it, it's just the vocals and the instrumentation has to let it breathe. Yes. And, um, and it, I'm, I'm That's just, the perfect the song description. Is, you got to let it breathe. Yeah. That's the perfect description, yeah. See, we're back to wine again. See? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I know. And Joey doesn't drink, but we do. We we enjoy well, our wine. And I don't say really drink like ideas. alcoholics, yeah. you know. Yeah, but yeah, um, yeah. Moon Glow, what I did not know is that Carly Simon covered this. I, I did, did not, not know, know this. So she is on the playlist for Moon Glow. And it is, she does an amazing job because. I'm really picky about it. It's like someone has to sing it really well because it's just such a, a beautiful song. So I, I just played uh, Moon Glow for Joey here by Carly Simon. And again, everybody, it's uh, click on the playlist in the show links, uh, the show page. You can see that. Um, but Joey, do you, what do you think of that? Because I think she took it right back to its originality with that. Yeah, I, 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 lo- I love it. And, you know, it's, it's, it's vocally... Some of the best things she's done, very subtle, a lot of subtleties in her voice there, a lot of a lot of uh, vibrato uh, that was well controlled. So I'm being I'm being a, a music snob here. Uh, but that's 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 my job that I do for a living is to dissect this stuff. I'll tell you what was really fascinating uh, and interesting choices on her behalf was uh, there were a lot of vibes uh, going yeah, on. So, and, and, that's and, the original. And, does that yeah. the original. The vibraphone yeah. was a huge part and the clarinet. It was oboes. a huge part. Mm-hmm. And 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 there was the, and also the clarinet was in there um, that I thought was very cool. That sounded great. And oh, I love uh, the clarinet. Oh, me too. And it. and and then the last thing that was that she, she had a slight. Uh, it's very subtle, but she had a slight slap back delay on the vocal, which is kind of an Elvis trick. Mm-hmm. It was very subtle, uh, but I thought that was an interesting choice. But yeah, I was I was excited to hear 
how much it sounded like a real jazz piece. And yeah, because uh, when when you heard the vibraphone in the beginning and went away, and I was like, okay, she's gonna go back to it, and she did. And then right, going to the clarinet, like to me, as soon as I heard that, I was like, holy cow, she's doing it. Yeah, but you know authentic. what I thought was great when she sings about how uh, you know we float through the air and all of that. Her voice went with the lyrics, which yeah, I absolutely. think we've lost that, where the voice kind of mimicked the feel and the sound of what the lyrics were telling you in the story. Our vocals, absolutely, absolutely, I, I, used to do that with my students. That's what I talk about. I was like, connect with what you're singing. Don't just sing the words and don't just sing them well. There's a technical prowess that's fine, but make me feel what you're singing about. So if you're singing something that's sweet and romantic, maybe maybe make that more intimate. Don't don't sing so full force. You know, there's so many different ways you could communicate. So I thought mm -hmm. you did a beautiful job. See, there you go. I dig it. I see now. Okay, so our big themes are movies and love today, and food. Yeah. It's always food. Yeah, and wine. always food. I I know. I know. I dig it. But um. So the other big deal is that it is National and International Book Day. It's uh, UN English Language Day, which we already talked a bit about. Um, but I think a lot of this is because it's said to be Shakespeare's day, Shakespeare yeah. day. Um, he yeah. was born on this day, right? So this is a, a big deal. And But we, we're not 100% sure, let me just say. Um, it's, it's his traditional approximate birth date in the Julian calendar based on April 20, his April 26th baptism, which was in 1564. So, mm. you know, they changed the calendars around and did stuff. So this is the best knowledge we all have, the writer and actor yeah. William Shakespeare. Yeah. And um, our quote of the right. day, which I think it, I've got two and I still can't figure which one we're going to use. One is ex expectation is the root of all heartache. <laughs> I truly believe that. There's some truth to that. There's some truth to that. Yeah. And then the other one is no legacy is so rich as honesty. Nice. You can't you can't mess with that. And you can't argue you know with that. that. I know. On this day too, um, the Merry Wives of Windsor was first performed with Queen Elizabeth the first in attendance on this day. Shakespeare's um, play was yeah. uh, first performed and that was in 1597 so you know he's got a little things going on but it not only is it world book day but it's also copyright day so <laughs> just saying that's a big don't deal start on that yeah i, I don't start me either yeah i am yeah. Uh, i am quite the copyright law connoisseur and i teach that stuff even though i'm not an attorney uh, but i do teach music business and i harp on that like you would not believe okay so is it true that you can mail your lyrics to yourself and because you've done that, that they're yours. Cause I don't understand that. Basically. It is not true. That is, that is a complete that's, fabrication. That, I mean, how can you prove that it was, I mean, that's so, it made no sense to me. Ever. Here's, here's the theory. Well, first of all, let me say this for anyone out there who thinks they shouldn't copyright your work. Um, let me just say that you should. And if you want to be in the business of being a creative person and you're going to do that as your career, You've got to protect yourself. Now, the truth is, most artists don't want to steal from you, but there are some that will, and it only takes one jerk to make things bad. And so, you know, you just have to protect yourself and be reasonable. So the initial sort of false premises that the mailing things to yourself uh, was supposed to help with, essentially what was happening was you're supposed to mail it to yourself certified mail. And so... What happens is you are getting a federally substantiated date 
as to when the work was created, theoretically. So you mail it to yourself, certified mail, you sign for it, and you never open the package. But that is not a copyright. At best, and I say at best, it is an, ex an exhibit in a court of law. But it's a pretty flimsy one. And in our Western system here in the United States, um, mm -hmm. you have to file a copyright with the Library of Congress or you cannot even adjudicate your case. So the only way that you get these six exclusive rights that are given to you by uh, the only way you get. Well, th in theory, as soon as you create something, it's protected. But in practice, the only way you can adjudicate your case and seek punitive damages is to file with the Library of Congress. So I won't go into the rabbit hole of all the different rights and that stuff, but yeah, that thing's a myth and I have been working for the past 20 years to, to crush that myth. <laughs> yeah, really, because it, it doesn't make sense. I was good, and I've, I've read it in songwriting books going, I don't care yeah. what you're, yeah. this was it's written in, this is, well, I mean, and there are, there are now, Lisa, there are now uh, companies that say, for $3, you can copyright your song and, and we'll do it for you. And they're basically doing a digital version of what they call the poor man's copyright, which is when you mail it to yourself via certified mail. Um, but any good music attorney will tell you that that's absolute nonsense. And if anyone's really interested, if you Google or, or actually go to YouTube and Google Joey Stuckey behind the shadow with Alan Clark, mm. Joey Stuckey behind the shadow with Alan Clark. And you can watch about a 12-minute interview I do with my entertainment attorney about this very topic. Oh, wow. I love that because I think it's, you know, especially people getting started, they get hoodwinked into all the crap that is out there oh, yeah. on the yeah. internet. But you did mention YouTube, right? And that's where our yeah. playlist of music is. Did yeah. you know today um, is the day that YouTube um, became part of Google? YouTube I did not launched know that. 2005. Wow. It launched on this day, April 23rd, 2005, and it worked so well that Google says, well, we can't beat it. They tried to do Google Video at that time. It didn't work. So in 2006, they bought it, and it became the most popular place to hear f music for free. And you mm. can still listen to music for free on YouTube. Sure. Um, you're going to have ads, but I mean, honestly, I'm sorry, but everyone gets mad about the ads. Nah. You're not paying, and you, you yeah. have an option now to That's what not you call have freemium. it. freemium. Yeah, that's, that's yeah. the freemium plan. <laughs> yeah, yeah but not, I mean... Not, I, it's just like with the radio. You got ads on radio because you're not paying for the radio, so... It, oh, yeah, and remember when you had to upgrade to buy things and then they said you won't get ads and then suddenly you got ads and then you had to upgrade uh -huh. again? Isn't that yep. still happening in all these platforms? Yeah. But whatever. Yeah. But the world doesn't work without advertising and, you know, that's how we survive. So anybody, yeah. uh, you know... Google me, <laughs> go to blendradioandtv.com and I'll help happily take your advertising and, and help you. Yeah, I mean, but it's true. If you don't, you can create all you want in the world, but if people don't know about it, you ain't got anything that's going that's to right. move or shake or change anything. And that's as right. a good businessman told Nancy and I once, he said, you know, girls, nothing happens in the world unless a sale is made. That's that right. is the truth. So, um, you can get against advertising all you want, but um, it is about information, and you can choose to buy something or not. Period. Yeah, exactly. But it's, it's about knowing something. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Everybody. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so there's that. So I'm a big fan of advertising. <laughs> so, Me too. I am. I really am. So I mean, um, you know, you, 
go in ahead. In fairness, like the ads are so targeted now that half the time they sell me something I want anyway. <laughs> well, yeah, I know, right? I know. Yeah. Um, you because it is the book day, right? National yeah. book day, copyright day, all of that. You yeah. chose a song. Who wrote the Book of Love by the Monotones? And yes, this song is iconic. I mean, has it, it just been part of our musical landscape for years? I mean, yeah, I love you. It's been you done chose by this. a lot of people. Yeah, I did. I, 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 it's been done by a lot of people. And when I saw it's National Book Day and Lover's Day, I thought, what a perfect song to encapsulate both those things. I love it. So, everyone, that is in the playlist. You're going to remember it as soon as you hear it. I loved it. I loved hearing, you know, uh, that, you know, just, I was like, oh, that is, that's perfect. You know what I mean? To to get going. And um, it goes with everything we're talking about today. And... And it is National Take a Chance Day. Now, <laughs> I like this. I think that's kind of, Nancy and I kind of go, well, that's kind of our life. Um, that's your MO. And, and it's, but you chose the song Cougar by Pancakes. <laughs> so I, you know. You want to know, know why, don't you? Work. You yeah, want to know why. But I like yeah. Pammy. Pammy Cakes oh, she's Ensemble. Pancakes tell, tell me about because I I enjoyed listening to this and then I got stuck into others. So you took me on a rabbit hole starting with Cougar. <laughs> I am so happy to hear that. Well, so Pam Bedwell is her is her the artist name and she goes under Pammy Takes Ensemble and Pam Bedwell. I'm honestly not sure why, but um, the the fact that she's a client of mine. Um, oh no I, way. Yeah, she's a client of mine, and she is, I think, one of the finest songwriters around. Um, for lack of a better word, we call her music Americana or maybe singer-songwriter. Um, but what I thought was uh, so interesting, I played, uh, if you listen to the record, I play, um, uh, I play all the instruments on it. Um, so I play, there's one, there's one song on the album that has a real fiddle uh, that I did not play that. And there's one time where I brought in uh, uh, my friend Miguel Castro to play drums on something because I thought he played better drums than I did. But otherwise I played all the instruments and, and she sang all the vocals. And so, um, but this song is called Cougar. And I just thought, and, and I'm, I'm going to tell a little story on myself here. I think everyone should date a cougar at least once. So that is why I thought it would be perfect for take a chance day. Because it, it's a lot of people say, oh, that's a terrible idea. I dated a cougar one time and it was fantastic. Now, it wasn't it was not a marriage type situation, um, but we had a lot of fun together for a while. And, fun uh, is important. And yeah. and you you get to learn from each other, you know, yeah. and, and then and there's the I other like, word, MILF, you know. But anyway, <laughs> so, well, yeah. did, I mean. I mean, in this case, that would have, that was a, an appropriate uh, uh, thing to apply. Can I just but take I'm, a step too far on a, I, not, on a not Sunday to me, afternoon? But I'm, but I'm a sick man. So, um, but, you know, um, once you had a brain tumor, man, you know, everything gets pretty, uh, pretty okay. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know well, because you're alive. And that's it. And that's yeah. the thing. Take a chance day. And listen, cougars have something to teach. And I remember I took a photo of Nancy and our dear friend Rondi once. We were on a hike in Sabino Canyon before Rondi got us lost and took us on an overnight desert hike that we weren't supposed to be on. But there was a sign that's like cougar warning, cougar mountain lion. <laughs> I took a photo of the two of them. And I don't have the photo anymore. And I'm still bummed about it because I just it was perfect. But um, I, I love this song. And I'm so glad it's everyone is part of the playlist. And 
once you get stuck into her her vocals her songs it's like there's an old i I don't want to say this wrong but there's like this old school sound that is it is symbolic of an era that um i mean just even being in texas right now and hearing it goes well and i want to almost change now my song for roy orbison today (laughs) <laughs> because I wanted to play Pretty Woman because he does that big meow, you know? Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, but, um, it, it, there's also, uh, Janet, if, you want, if you're looking for uh, cat noises, <laughs> Janet Jackson's black cat has a nice... Uh, oh, see, I, think I, 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 I don't know if it's a cougar or a panther, because I am not uh, an aficionado on those things, but she has well, a, a nice... Wow, at the beginning. Yeah, yeah. a lot of, you know, panthers, like, like they say pumas, like the puma from... Um, Anyway, I'll go into the whole thing on that. And there's jaguars, and then there's the puma. Like in Florida, is different than what you'd find in the desert. And then, uh, like in Georgia, you got the swamps behind you, um, I, behind your area that I think are one of the best, most amazing places in the world. It's yeah. One of my favorite places. So um, I'm just afraid of snakes and alligators. So I don't. Well, I would be swamping. if I was blind too. I would, yeah, I mean, I would be by a the little time nervous. You hear them, it's too late. <laughs> yeah, you you don't want to hear that. And some of them don't rattle. And yeah. um, yeah, but I did see a cottonmouth and almost got myself nailed by a cottonmouth um, oh, out in God. the Okafunoki Swamp. And then now, were you wearing boots that... and stuff? No, I you, hiking you don't boots. Wear, like, I mean, you don't hiking wear like big... okay. No, I no, mean... but I, I was. I, I said to Nancy, we, we went out and we did. There's this boardwalk in Okafunoki Swamp, the National Wildlife Refuge. We haven't done the swamp park yet, but that may change soon. Um, but this is a place, like, as a kid, I always wanted to go to. And here I was living in Africa and doing the dream of lions and everything, right? Sure. No, I want to go to Okifinoki. And um, by the way, the swamp is under dangerous threat of being mined and oiled and, and just taken out and being destroyed right yeah. now. So everybody, you got to check that out politically. But um, that's why we do what we do. So we go and we walk this boardwalk and it takes you to a watchtower and you get up there. Anyway, so on our way, there's these the alligators are hanging out even at the beginning. And you can stand on the boardwalk and they're right there at your feet. It's like, hello, how are you? And especially in wintertime, it's good to go out to the swamps because the water is lower and you can see this, the alligators a little bit better. Anyway, so we see this one sunning himself and we're like, hey, how are you? We go up the watchtower and this one big alligator had taken down a turtle. Mm. It was crunching on it. I filmed Uh-oh. it. You can hear the crunching. He's like, gunk, gunk. It's like wow. this cracking sound, like, ooh. Oh, my and, gosh. Um, so we're walking back, and I'm like, dude, we've been here like a few times now, and I still haven't seen a snake. Well, lo and behold, here comes the snake, and it looks at me, and I'm like, Nancy's right here. And she's like looking, and I'm like, you need to walk back. And I'm like, if I get – there's this reed that was in my way to take the photo, and I'm trying to get it zoomed in and everything, and where I needed to be – the snake moved its head towards like, dude, I was going to go down. And I looked it up later and it was a cotton mouth that I hung out with. And And those are very dangerous. Yeah. And he was going to get me because I got too close and you, you shouldn't, you shouldn't get in their space. And we've seen a lot of water snakes and they're super cool. I mean, they're amazing. When we were in North Carolina, we saw um, two kinds of water snakes all wrapped up together, like out setting themselves in uh, hickory, Hickory Nut Falls, Hickory Canyon, Hickory Nut Canyon, or Hickory Canyon. There's Hickory Nuts involved um, <laughs> in North Carolina. Um, it's really beautiful by Chimney Rock. And then we saw them in Arkansas. I don't care what water you see in Arkansas, there's a snake in it. 
period. Well, it's a natural I, snake. I, it's a snake. I love Arkansas. I love mean, it. I, you know, I don't, I'm, I don't want to be anti-snake, but uh, just not a fan. Um, yeah, well, I, you, if you can't see them, you've got to, yeah. you've got to, and we, Nancy and I have had so many experiences with snakes that um, you know, the, like we should be, both of us should be dead. At this well, point, I mean, especially Nancy. The, the, when I was, when I, what, when I was a child, yeah, when I was a child, I, we'd lived on a lake and oh, um, cool. there were several times when my, I'd be out in the yard walking around, you know, three, three or four years old. And my mom would yell, "Hey, don't move! There's a snake!" And so that—that's that not cool if you me. can't see what's going on. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's so that, not that's cool. sort of jaded me forever. <laughs> yeah, well, we—I we, mean, growing up in Africa, and Nancy, you know, she worked with Joy Adamson. And for those um, who don't know, it's uh, Elsa the Lion, Born Free, that movie that came out. She worked for Joy Adamson, and they were yeah. rehabilitating leopards and lions and doing all this stuff in the bush. And so Nancy goes out and works for her, and and lived in the bush on a camp and. The, she always tells these stories of like when she you go in a shower and the shower was a bucket of water going through holes like literally that's your shower if you mm. went you wanted the hot water you got the cobras underneath the slats that you're standing on like and you need to like think of like a pallet like a wood pallet kind of thing gotcha, standing gotcha. there and there's yeah, snakes yeah, yeah. under there if you want a cold shower you didn't get the snakes because the snakes are now gone from the first person so um, huh. Nancy learned about snakes and that was her morning every day when she was out there in the bush doing that. Oh, and God. we've had many others. We've been chased. We've had pythons mating under our car. We've Whoa. had um, black mambas in our laundry room. We've had, I mean, Ooh. I've been, I remember when I was a kid in Kenya, sitting on the toilet and supposed to take a shower or go to take a bath. And she's like, go take your bath, take your bath. I'm like, no, mommy, there's millions and millions of snakes. She's like, oh, bull, you know. She opens the door and literally there's the floor is covered with baby snakes yeah. and a snake had given birth because there's live birth snakes right the viparius yeah. i think and um had given birth and all these baby snakes were on the floor yeah i'm so creeped her. out just hearing about it <laughs> i know maybe i should be telling these stories to people yeah. but anyway yeah. um snakes are snakes anyway i want to get to roy orbison because it's his birthday he was oh, born know. on a birth anniversary, born uh, in Vernon, Texas, 1936. And did not know that. He, he is truly one of my most favorite, favorite singers on the planet. Well, the let me tell you, you, you can't voice. get better. You, his pitch, right? his range, I mean, his expression. Roy is one of the great vocalists. And, you know, uh, as we, I talked about, we talked about this earlier that I was recording at Sun Studio. That was where he made a lot of his seminal records as well. Exactly. Uh, Sun Studio in Memphis. So that's I love Roy Orbison. Well, there's an artist, Alice Lease, that's been on our show over the years. She is a National Parks Arts Foundation artist in residence. She's done Hawaii, Dry Tortugas National Park, all these different parks. But her and her family run a cattle ranch in West Texas Ooh. outside a town called Wink. And her town has a museum dedicated to Roy Orbison. And she says, let's cool. get Wink. And it's in Vernon, right down the street from her. And it's, she says it's his birthplace and it's his tiny museum. And I'm, I, I have to go. I mean, to yeah. me, this means more than what people talk about Graceland, you know, I know yeah, Graceland's yeah, yeah. become like a big thing and it's, and sure. I get it, but this is Roy Orbison. Like yeah. there was the movie, the commitments and the, I, I encourage people to, if you want to hear about like Wilson Pickett and all, I mean, 
the, it, it was Irish band that learned, you know, soul and R&B, like old school, like Marvin mm. Gaye, Wilson Pickett. And it's an old uh, movie that came out in maybe late 80s, early 90s, The Commitments. And I read the book, too. Um, and I love the author, and I can't remember his name off the top of my head. But um, I, I actually got to see them perform at a oh, festival cool. in San Diego years ago with Taj Mahal. And it nice. was awesome. Um, but this British guy, it was just like everything shite since Roy Orbison. And I'm going to go like, dude, <laughs> and I'll never forget that in the movie. And it's always that. And so Roy Orbison has to be performed. And Roy Orbison did so much. David Lynch put him in his movies. And so In Dreams is a song I want to play and is in part of the playlist. But I think I'm going to add Pretty Woman in there because we got, oh, that's a classic. Thing going. we got to do Pretty Woman, too. Um, it's Yeah. Okay. And we're talking about movies, too. So there you go. Right. Um, well, speaking, so, of, speaking of visual technology like movie, you know, Roy Orbison, I believe, I may be wrong about this, but I'm, I'm pretty sure I'm right. He was the first hologram to be created to perform. Have you heard about how they have those holograms that perform yeah, yeah. W- with a live band? I'm pretty sure his was the first. He was the first person to have that uh, done. So it's it's a live band that performs with a, a hologram of, of the artist. And they've done it with Michael Jackson and, and uh, some Elvis. others. Elvis. Elvis and his yeah, daughter. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure Roy Orbison was the first. I may be wrong about that, but I think I don't think I am. If I am, somebody I, can correct me. And he was in Traveling Wilburys. And oh, can yeah. you believe it? George Harrison is gone now. You know, Tom Petty. So Jeff Lynn and Bob Dylan are left. That's it. That's all that's left. I, yeah. I love the Traveling Wilburys. Me too. I, I, I'm I sad that he had two albums. I know, man. I just, I grew up listening to them. You know, just my age group was like when they came out. Yeah. And um, I don't know. It's just so that was chilled what, out. And then, uh, I think it I was 1888. And then he died in 1988, um, right okay. after he founded it. Because remember, they, well, you may not have seen it, but in the video, in one music video, they have the chair rocking without his body in there. Oh, I so didn't when know he that. Died okay. in one of the, yeah, in one of the, one of, I can't remember which song. And then you hear him, but the chair is rocking. I think they just recorded it. He started it, and then he died during the beginning of the traveling wow. mulberries. And they had a video of, like, you can see the chair rocking as though he was in there. And Interesting. He smoked a lot. He had, like, he was a hard, I think, hard in relationships, but he had that old school, like, what? there's that guy that, Nudie, what, who does those, 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 those rhinestone jackets and stuff, you know? were in Nashville. Um, oh, I don't know. I don't know what, I don't know what they call them, but you know, those fancy ones that, you know, yeah. Elvis and stuff like that have. And he always had those jackets. And and then if you listen to, like, if you heard the Black and White album, like where there was a recording yeah, yeah. video with Bruce Springsteen, Katie Lick, and Bonnie Raitt. I mean, yeah. Sorry. Anyway, I could talk about Roy Orbison for the rest of my life. I, I adore it's his fantastic. music. Well, he should have so another smoker, man. Uh, I mean, I, I, that's no. a terrible thing for your voice, but he's he's got a clean pipe. I pipes. know that. Well, <laughs> I'll call him up and tell him you've got clean pipes. <laughs> Joey, the doctor says so. Hey. Um, I want to close. Hey, there's so much happening. I want to just give some quick shout outs to, to some birthdays. William Penn, the admiral. Like you got to think about Pennsylvania. James Buchanan, the 15th president of the United States, was born on this day, 1791. Artemis Ward, the comic writer and also considered to be America's first stand-up comedian, was born on this day in 1834. We got Granville T. Woods, the inventor, 
Max Planck, the uh, physicist and Nobel Prize yes. laureate, born in 1858. Shirley Temple, the actress and politician, born in 1928. So some birthdays there. And um, Lee Majors, the actor that I had a big crush on as a kid because he stood on Steve top Austin. of a train. Yep. Uh, I, Lee Majors, come on. 1939. Yeah. yeah. Um, Ray Peterson, the singer, is born 1939. Sandra D, the actor, 1942. Joyce DeWitt, the actress, 1949. Michael Moore, the filmmaker that gets everybody pissed off, was born yeah. in 1954. <laughs> hey, listen, you can't make a documentary without people getting mad at you. That's Judy Davis, the actor, was born in 1955. Valerie Bertinelli, the actor, was oh, born in 1960. I'm such a fan. Such a fan. She's cool, man. I like her. I like following I, her. On, on... I would, I would add her to my harem in one in, in a second. Oh, he's got a yeah, harem. Just, got I, mean, a I harem. don't, I don't, I don't. I mean, it's just a mental harem. <laughs> but yeah, we got but anyway. Jan Hooks, the actress. George Lopez, the actor and comedian, was born in 1961, and Dev Patel, the actor in 1990. And Joey, um, we're going to close with a shout out to in 1981, Jerry Lee Lewis, Carl Perkins. They were in Germany at different festivals, and they went and joined Johnny Cash on this day, April 23rd, 1981, on stage in Stuttgart for a performance that was recorded and put out as an album called The Survivors. And uh, they toured together back in 1957, but they went like, hey, we're all in Germany. Let's have a party and record it. And they did. And um, I, I, I'm a huge fan of Carl Perkins. Like, sure. Just... I mean, did you ever hear the album with him and Mark Knopfler playing together? I did. I know. Yep, I sure did. And you know, Carl oh. Perkins also recorded at Sun Studio. <laughs> See? <laughs> to bring it all back. See? Jerry Lee Lewis's sister was on our show. Linda nice. Gill, uh, yeah, she was on our show um, about maybe six months ago, maybe a year. Um, Johnny Cash was never on our show, though, and, and that would have been cool. Um, oh, yeah. But I, I have high um, regard for all three of these musicians, and I did not know about this album until today. I, and, I have um, not heard of it either, so I'm excited to check it out. Uh, yeah, it is 1981 and um, again called The Survivors. Look up Jerry Lee Lewis, Carl Perkins, and Johnny Cash. And um, I want to play this song, Matchbox. That is, well, I'm not going to play it now for you. You can check it out in the playlist. Um, and everyone, go check the whole album out. It is, it, it's like, you know, The Highwaymen with, you know, Johnny Cash and Neil, Willie Nelson and everyone getting together on stage because you've got that live yeah. feel. Yeah, I and, think, I think and, it was uh, the Waylon Jennings as well, wasn't that? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yep, 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 yep. Um, but Matchbox is a song our band used to play, and I used to play it even on my own gigs. I used to go and play this solo like a, a nutball. But uh, Matchbox is I, – I first learned Matchbox from the Beatles. Um, I had an Exactly. Yes, album. Ringo sang that. Yeah, and it just yeah. – it always kind of resonated to me as old school rock and roll. And so yeah. – um, Matchbox is on the playlist, so check it out. And we want to thank everyone for joining us today here on the Big Daily Blend. You can find us at bigblendradio.com. Keep up with Joey at joeystuckey.com. And thank you all. Thank you, Joey. My pleasure as always.